content of this podcast is provided as general informational purposes only. It is not intended for, nor should it be used to replace professional behavior intervention and advice. This is Sissy. And this is Susan, and we are Function Junction. Behavior matters. You know what else matters? What else matters? Positive reinforcement. Oh, positive reinforcement is the bee's knees. The I don't even knees. know anybody would know what the bee's knees is. The bee's knees. It's kind of the crux of ABA. It's kind of the starting point, you know? So since I was thinking about positive reinforcement and I was thinking about people who aren't autistic, who are not on the spectrum and how that principle still really applies to them and me. And so I was thinking about when I first started going back to Pilates at the studio after, you know, COVID started lifting a little bit. And um, I had been doing Pilates at home with YouTube videos and stretches and different things. And I was in class and the teacher was really good. She was a really good instructor. And so I said, you should do YouTube videos. She was like, what do you mean? And I go, yeah, I did a bunch of YouTube videos during COVID and um, you'd be a really good YouTube instructor for Pilates. And she was like, well, thank you. And this was not my intent, but sure enough, she stood by my reformer the whole time. (laughs) She modeled using me. She prompted me. She gave me so much attention. And like I said, that wasn't my intention. I was truly just giving her a compliment, but it was so funny that when I left, I thought, godly, it even works with, you know, your Pilates instructor. And then I was thinking, you know, fast forward around Christmas time, this website that I love, it's called Soft Surroundings and they have the softest clothes and they were having a big sale. Everything was like $18.99. And so I bought some shirts, tops and things. And I bought things that I wouldn't like colors that I wouldn't generally wear. And so I had this like royal blue top and that's not a color I wear. As you know, I usually wear gray, black or beige and brown. <laughs> I'm not really exciting when it comes to my clothing choices. And anyway, I was wearing that blue top one day this semester and my friend Jennifer said, I like that top. That color looks good on you. And so that increases the likelihood that I will wear that shirt again and I'll probably wear it tomorrow for training. Mm-hmm. So, you know, behavior is behavior is behavior and positive reinforcement works on human beings and on animals. Absolutely. I have an animal story, but I was thinking about positive reinforcement is a part of the science of ABA and and the science is there Mm -hmm. (laughs) whether you know it's there or not. Just like gravity is there whether you (laughs) recognize it or not. I mean, I don't know if you've seen it, but I've seen on some social media where people have negative things to say about ABA, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. The, even going as far as to say it's going away. Well, no, mm-hmm. the science is there. In the past, have some people used that science in a way that might have been hurtful or difficult? Yeah. yeah, yeah, harmful to, yeah, absolutely they do. But that's that's not ABA. ABA is a positive approach to changing behavior. Socially Um, significant behavior, right? It's not about, so yeah, so I think maybe one way to describe it is, you know, behavior analysis occurred in labs and that's where you had Pavlov's work and some of the other, you know, early pioneers of ABA. And then we took it out of the lab and we put it in applied settings like classrooms and homes. And so it's applied behavioral principles and analyzing whether or not what you did worked, right? So it's in applied settings, applying behavioral principles, 
to change behavior and then analyzing or evaluating whether what you did worked. And it's been around, the first journal of vitamin BA was published in 1968. So, you know, when it comes to positive reinforcers, you know, we talk about primary and secondary and things like that. And you and I have heard it all. And we've heard teachers and paraprofessionals and parents say, well, I don't believe in positive reinforcement or I don't <laughs> believe in edibles. And it's like, okay, it's not really a belief system. It simply is behavioral science that's documented in decades of research. And, you know, I do worry about our field because it is getting a bad name because of things that have happened that were harmful or and or unethical and or not socially significant, you know, and so it's it's definitely not going away. Those practices that are yes. harmful or hurtful or are not socially significant, those should go away and we should police ourselves and say Absolutely. what you're doing is wrong. I mean, this is a completely different, it wasn't someone in ABA, but right. many, many years ago working with a teacher, I worked with children with all kinds of disabilities, worked with a child who had an emotional disturbance, and the teacher working with him knew he was afraid of the dark, and he had misbehaved, and that was back in the day when we had those little rooms that could be used as like a timeout room. That's not the way I used them in my classroom, but she had him in a room. The only reason I knew is she was standing outside the door, and I said, what's going on? And she told me that the student was in there and I could see that the light was off. Mm -hmm. So I just pushed past her, opened the door and flipped the light on and reminded her he's afraid of the dark. Yes. Yeah. We don't do things like that in public schools. And if you do things like that in public schools, hopefully you will be escorted out and not have a job anymore. But, you know, 75% of behaviors can be changed with positive behavioral. Absolutely. And so, you know, I mean, I, you know, my, my dogs, and I don't want to say kids with autism are like dogs, but, and they're not, but the principles are the same, right? The science so, of behavior change. The yes. science of behavior change, yes. And so I had Blossom, who's my little Chihuahua poodle, and I found Bobo. It's a long story, but anyway, Bo didn't know how to be a dog around other dogs, and Blossom <laughs> did because she came from a bunch of dogs. And so we worked a lot on being polite, you know, and I would just say, be polite. And he's, it's so funny because now he like lets her go out first. When I'm going down the stairs, he always stand like he'll be at the top of the stairs and I'll start walking down and he'll stand to my right and he'll follow me down. Like he's super polite now. <laughs> and, you know, I worked with him on not invading her personal space. And so we have little boundaries with pillows and blankets. And when he's polite, he gets a treat and he's super polite now. I mean, everyone's, well, I think you forget, but so do I. So the principle of of positive reinforcement applies to every human being on this planet and, and dogs, just not living, living organisms respond to positive reinforcement or punishment, either one. Or cats. um, cats, I don't know about cats. My cats. I don't, yeah, cats are probably a different thing. You know, I had a horse named Fiona and she was eight months old when I got her and she had been neglected. And this guy, he was kind of a rodeo guy and he kept her out in this pasture with a halter that was too small for her. And she fed her donkey food. And so I couldn't take it. So I had her rescued and taken out to the facility in Crosby and I wanted to learn to ride but first we had to teach her how to be horse and so we had to use these little apple biscuits to get her to tolerate me putting on halter and then we used the apple biscuits to let me put on her halter and take her around by a lead rope 
And then we use the apple biscuits to put the halter on, lead her around with the lead rope and put a saddle on her. And then we, you know, and we shaped her behavior. I didn't get on her the first day I had her. I would have gotten thrown off and hurt. So we took baby steps and we shaped her behavior till eventually I could ride her for an hour, hour and a half. And she was great. She rode in trail rides. She rode in the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo Trail Ride several years. But when I first got her, you know, she didn't know how to be a horse. And so we have to take those baby steps and use those positive reinforcers to get to that ultimate behavior that you want, right? Absolutely. And I think about a dog that I found years ago, years mm-hmm. ago, this dog was out in the woods. I lived where there was a little bit of a wooded area. Anyway, I see this dog peeking out from the wooded area, cool. but he wouldn't come anywhere near people. He's watching and and I would could tell that he was watching me play with my other dog. Mm-hmm. And so I, I did some shaping. I went out to the edge of the where the woods were and put food and water down. Mm. And then I slowly moved the food closer and closer to my house. Then I came outside while the food was out there. And then I got closer and closer until he ate with me next to him. Oh. And he, he's still not interested in coming in the house. But one night when there was a really bad storm, he was scared enough of the storm to come in the house. And so he probably had been cornered by some other animal or been used as a bait dog because he had scars on the top of his head and down his back. That oh. the, it looked like somebody had poured something hot on him, but the vet said, no, I think he was backed into a corner and beat up but the hair healed over he uh I wanted him to run with me and so he did not want to be on a leash mm-hmm. he did not like it mm-hmm. and he would go in the beginning and he would go a little bit and then just lay on the ground and so I would just stop and wait yeah I'd be like okay that's fine and in a few minutes not very long at all he'd get up and go with me again and so sort of shape that behavior, kind of put the laying down, I guess you would say on extinction, right? Because I just didn't, I didn't punish him. I didn't reinforce him. I just waited. Yeah. Yeah. That, which is what we do a lot in classrooms. We wait kids out. It's easy. It was so easy. And then eventually he loved going for a run with me. He loved getting up and going with me. And I, you know, think about I think about him a lot. He was he was a sweet boy, but I also have some stories about my dogs, particularly well, my Grace. That you know, I just in February we she passed away, but she definitely shaped our behavior. Oh yeah, a lot, and May does too. I mean, um, who in particular? My husband, and he'll be listening to this, so he's going to hear this story about himself. <laughs> but they bother him and I say bother meaning they go to his side of the bed and they they get him to get up and get him a cookie they get him to get up and help them get up on the bed uh, even though for for sure May can get up on the bed on her own but she will act like she can <laughs> and be over there and making noises until he helps her get up on the bed or making noises until he gets up and gets her a cookie or rubs her hips or whatever it is that she has decided he needs. And he'll say, his behavior. 
Yeah, absolutely. And he'll say, why does she not bother you? And I'm saying, because it doesn't work. Even when we had Grace, Grace is a, was a boxer, you know, and boxers are just the most lovey-dovey dogs. But she would try to get me up in the middle of the night and I would ignore her. So she would go to his side of the bed. But the thing that was hard for me to ignore is if he didn't wake up when she went over there and whined at him, she would use her paw and whack the side of the bed, which, uh, you know, I'm thinking you're going to scratch up the furniture. Well, yeah, that that would get me up and I would get her up and go do, you know, let her outside for a few minutes. Mostly she wanted to get her day started. If she woke up, yeah. it didn't matter if it was three or three thirty or four. She wanted to go ahead and get her day started because there were things on her schedule that she, she needed, needed to care of. Yeah. yeah, she needed to eat and she needed to go for a walk and she needed yeah. to maybe have a car ride that would make for a perfect day. But one of the things that May definitely does that we respond to is it, it's a little embarrassing. Sorry. <laughs> Wait till I tell you my story about Blossom eating. <laughs> At night, you know, we try to keep the thermostat bumped up a little bit because, you know, it costs a lot of money it's to expensive. cool a house. I know, right? Yeah. So, but at night she will start panting until we get up and turn the thermostat down so that the AC kicks mm-hmm. on and cools the house off. And then she'll stop panting. Smart girl. She's a smart girl. I mean, if she had buttons like some of the dogs we've seen mm-hmm. on TikTok and Instagram, she would be saying, AC, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But since she doesn't have that, she just pants real loud. And we go, oh, that's right. She's hot. She's okay. talking to us. Yeah. Yeah, she is. It reminds your story about the dog in the in the woods kind of reminds me of when I first got Blossom. You know, she came from a friend who had six other dogs and Blossom was definitely the smallest because she weighs like six pounds. And so she would eat under their breakfast table because that was the safest place for her to eat while the other dogs were eating. So when I got her, she wouldn't eat anywhere except for under my table, my dining room table. And this was pre-Harvey and I had this really plush rug under it was red under the table. And I was, and she only ate human food at the time because her teeth were so messed up. So anyway, she would eat the rice and the eggs and the whatever in the little bowl under the table on the red rug. And it kind of grossed me out. So I was thinking, okay, well, I need to shape her behavior. So I got a, a red bath mat and I put the food on the red bath mat and she would eat it. And then I would gradually move the red bath mat to the kitchen so that eventually she could eat on the red bath mat in the kitchen. And then I removed the red bath mat. And someone told me that dogs don't see color. So it probably didn't have to be a red bath mat, but I eventually got her to eat in the kitchen in the normal place and by shaping her behavior. And it just worked beautifully. It didn't take them much time at all. But um, anyway, so yeah, so the principles of behavior, particularly positive reinforcement, they work with Pilates instructors. They work with me. They work with you. They work with our pets. And so, you know, this is, ABA is everywhere. Um, It's in general education classrooms. It's in special education classrooms. It's in industry. You know, I was certified, I got certified in organizational behavior management and the principles of applied behavior analysis are applied all the time in industry, you know, uh, teach uh, bosses or uh, leaders might do reinforcer assessments and then might have incentive programs and, you know, shape behaviors, give feedback. So the principles of applied behavior analysis are everywhere. And we always, always start with the positives before we go to anything that might be considered less than positive. So 
Right. Hope you like the, those examples, everybody. Do we have a question? We do. Today, we talked about behavior change in our everyday lives. I talked about how my dogs change mine and my husband's behavior. One of the stories was about May, my lab. So she breathing heavy at night and causing one of us to get up and move the thermostat down so that the air conditioning would come on. In this scenario, turning down the temperature on the thermostat is most likely to happen because of A, positive reinforcement, B, positive punishment, C, negative reinforcement, or D, negative punishment. Well, I think we can rule out punishment, both negative and positive, because we're not seeing a decrease in, well, you're seeing a decrease in the panting, but you're not really seeing a decrease in your behavior, right? And we're talking about what the panting did to your behavior, correct? Well, when you, yeah, you have to look at the question. That's a really, because I do think it can get confusing. Turning down the temperature on the thermostat. So me getting up, increasing me or Joe's behavior of getting up and turning down the thermostat. So yes, it was an increase in that behavior. So So, we know it's reinforcement. Yeah. And so some people I think would look at that and say, well, that was positive reinforcement for May because she pants and she gets cooler temperature. But really what was Well, and panting would be before the behavior happens. So it wouldn't be, and reinforcement happens after after the behavior. But yes, people might say, well, she added panting, so it must be positive reinforcement. Something was added, right? But right. Well, right. So panting happens, and then the consequence is turning down the air. So, And what happens is the panting stops. The so panting stops. for me, the panting is removed, which means right. we took something away, which means we are going to use the word negative. Yeah. And we know it was reinforcement because it increased the chances that I'm going to get up and turn down the AC again. So it's negative reinforcement. Right. To make the panting go away, you increase changing the the temperature in the house. Right. Right. So always you're looking at if if you're taking the test or if you're just interested in behavior change, Mm -hmm. you're always looking at what is the behavior that I'm, what's the behavior in this scenario? Is it increasing or decreasing? That's going to tell me whether it's reinforcement or punishment. Then was it, Taking something away or adding something to the environment. Yeah, there we go. Very good good. question. Good stories. Well, everybody, we hope you enjoyed today's episode and we hope you have a great weekend. We look forward to you coming back to listen to part one of a teacher who teaches social skills and has some really important things to say. Um, As always, please like, review, or share on social media or the podcast app that you're using. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.